Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody. This episode we welcome an Australian Amazon seller, Jason Hetherington, who in two short years has built a million dollar brand selling on Amazon and his own website. Like so many successful sellers, he's built a raving community fan base of over 20,000 people, which has helped with everything from product development, launching new products on Amazon, and most importantly, it's added a lot more value to his business when it comes to exit. Now, like most fast-growing sellers, uh, Jason's run into various issues around hijackers, copycats, logistical nightmares, and cash flow, which you talk about today. It's a great story and well worth tuning in until the end. Now, I also forgot to ask him at the end, what was the best way to make contact with him? But he's a wonderful member of the Australian Seller Facebook community. So if you'd like to connect with Jason, just head over to the australianseller.com forward slash Facebook. Now, as I mentioned last time, Regina Peterbersky and I are holding a weekend event on the 6th, 7th and 8th of August this year called the Amazon Collective. The conference will be held off-site in the beautiful Yarra Valley just outside of Melbourne. Now, it's strictly for six, seven, and even eight-figure Amazon business owners based right here in Australia and New Zealand, and it's not for newbies or beginners. So for more information, please head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash collective. And of course, don't forget, I'm offering private coaching again this year, so please head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris to book a session with me and make sure that you're heading in the right direction. Enough about all that. Let's get on with the show with Jason Hetherington. Hetherington to the microphone to talk to us today about his Amazon business, uh, which is quite a big one. Um, Jason, you're an Australian. You're living on Hamilton Island, I think. Did you mention that earlier off air? <laughs> no, no. I do like to visit Hamilton. I live living in Brisbane, grew up in Rockhampton, so Queensland boy. Ah, excellent. Um, well, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us how, how on earth did you get to start selling on Amazon? Well, how, how it started, I guess, is uh, one of the... Um, leading educators um, that launched the program a few years ago. I, I know him. Our boys go to the same school. Right. And uh, they, they played footy together. And um, we were over at Stradbroke Island on the end of season footy trip. And I said, hey, what are you doing now? And he talked about this program. So I just sort of parked it and you know, I didn't think any, anything more of it. But at the time, I was working in our family business, you know, in property and finance. And I knew that I was looking for an exit, um, you know, within sort of six months. And mm-hmm. Yeah, when that timing came around, it, um, I called him up and said, "Hey, you're still doing, still doing e-commerce, the Amazon thing." He said, "Yeah, we are. We've launched." I said, "Okay, sign me up." So I did the program, and mm. and uh, so he, here we are. You know, two years later, the brand's the brand's been live, and it's going really well. It is. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's actually going a lot better than what I had originally forecast. Um, I, was, I was pretty confident that you know I'd be able to make a go of it. I just didn't know. You know the scale of it and how it could be achieved so quickly, but uh, mm. yeah, it's it's surprised me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's an incredible business, but it's you know not without its challenges. Oh man, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all rainbows and puppy dogs and all that stuff. No, um, it's not. Tell me, what was the program? Was that the reliable program or it was, yeah, 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 yeah? yeah. And- I know Joe Lennick just through school and uh, okay. 
got got started that way. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. I had a chat with John Tilly actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. we, we did a podcast interview together as well about, I think we're talking about selling on Australia and a few other things. We touched on Zonguru and all that stuff, the software that that's um, kind of related to the reliable education program. But um, yeah, yeah, it's not an ad for reliable education folks, but um, you know, it's just one of the more successful programs. I mean, there's Blue Sky by uh, Sophie Howard and Neil Asher, of course, I've had on the show as well from Aussie online entrepreneurs. He's he's pretty active in the space too. So yeah, there's quite a few. And then there's a few others I will not mention. Um, so anyway, we'll, yep. we'll move, moving on. So you've been selling for a couple of years. So what are the categories that, that you're selling? Uh, kitchen. Kitchen only at this stage. Right um, two, two products, uh, eight SKUs. Okay. Um, so yeah, two years in. So second, yeah, we're in our second financial year uh, right now. Right. Uh, we've just tipped over a million Aussie dollars in sales for this for this financial year. So the, the future's looking pretty good. So we're going to launch some more SKUs coming up, the next shipment that's coming across mm-hmm. from China and launching another another product in the next sort of three months as well. That's super exciting. So that's – hang on. So that's a million bucks in the last 12 months. So was the pandemic doing – did the pandemic impact your sales at all last year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so leading, leading into the pandemic, you know, I, I might be doing 20, 30 units a day. The pandemic sort of hit and uh, I switched everything off. I turned all the ads off. I thought, oh, how's this going to roll out, you know? Mm. Uh, but sales kept coming through and they were improving as well with no ads. So I turned ads back on and, you know, within a week we're doing 200 units a day. That is nuts. Yeah. 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 Um, gotta love that. Yeah. But that, you know, which is fantastic. But, you know, I thought I had four months worth of stock. I ran out of stock in four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the course of the last, well, this financial year, I've been out of stock twice. Yeah, okay. And still still hitting hitting pretty good revenue numbers. Um, so the, ch- the challenge now is staying in stock. <laughs> so how long were you out of stock for? Uh, the first time I was out for six weeks. Second time I was out for three weeks. All right. So what did that do to your rankings? Like, did you Were you able to get your oh. rankings back pretty much immediately? Because that's what I'm hearing. Correct. Yeah, crushed them. Um, had had to start from scratch again. Yeah, okay. Um, but what I did differently this time to relaunch was I just focused on PPC only. All right. Um, in the past, I've done you know rebates and giveaways and media releases. You name it. If it was shiny, I grabbed it. Yeah. Um, and none of that really worked compared to having a solid PPC strategy in place. You know, out of the gate. Yep. Um, which is expensive to do. It is. Uh, but if you but if you're on top of it and you're optimizing. You know, every week you can you can get it under control you know pretty quickly but well it sounds yeah, like those campaigns were probably reasonably dialed in before you stocked out so just meant that you had to yeah. turn it back on and tweak them a little bit and maybe up the budgets a little bit on some of your main keywords right exactly yeah exactly you know I just identified the top 20 keywords yep up the bids on those did some top of search yeah you know, placements uh, went really wide in my keyword targeting interesting numbers of campaigns you know typically I would have run Oh, 20 to 30 campaigns mm. leading into this financial year. This financial year, we, I was running 200 on average. That is nuts. Have you got any software to help you do that or are you just... No, just, the, just the, uh, the bulk uploads. I just got really good at the bulk uploads and worked out how to systemize that. And um, Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, a, that's actually a really, um, really good point is that the bulk uploads, you can kind of pull them down and then you can do all your negative targets and yeah, that's right. you know, just group keywords, just sorting out your Excel file and then, you know, kind of throwing a few negatives and whatever, you know, up the bids or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's right. Smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's not to say I didn't use or haven't used software in the past. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I didn't have a lot of confidence in them. 
Yep, uh, fair enough. I'm actually hearing pretty good things from a friend of mine, Rob Britton, who might try and get him on the show in the next couple of weeks. But um, so Rod's pretty heavy in Amazon Australia, but he's been using Zonguru's new uh, Atomic, I think it is. Uh, been really okay. impressed. So he's paid the extra hundred dollars a month. Um, and he said that's that's been a really good bit of software for him. Um, mm. So anyway, we'll, I'll talk to him more about that the next week or two. Um, all right, so I'm going to come back to the logistics issues because it sounds like you're not the Lone Ranger there and I want to talk, <laughs> talk to you a little bit more about that. But um, the, the question I've got, though, is just around, you know, you started the, the, the course. Um, how did you do your product research and, and settle on, you know, the products that you currently have? Well, I can tell you what I didn't do. I didn't, I didn't use the, all the, the tools out there to find products. Right. Because um, in my mind, I was thinking, well, you know, if they're teaching that, which is great, you know, which, which is fine and has its place. Um, I didn't want to be competing with, you know, 10,000 other sellers doing the same thing. Yep. So I, I basically just used Amazon's search bar. <clears throat> so, I, you know, walked around the house in the kitchen category, got to the, you know, search bar on, on Amazon, just kitchen A, kitchen B, and just see what popped up and just clicked into each of those keywords and uh, landed on, on the product. And I looked at what was on page one. I thought, Wow, I can do a lot better than what's currently there you know, on page one. Mm. You know, from a design perspective, and then just yeah, you know, did the deep dive in the keyword analysis to see if there was mm. demand there and how deep it was and how many keywords there were and and uh, yeah, sort of went from there. So I didn't use any of the tools; it was just Amazon search bar. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that as well. Um, mm. I actually use Google's toolbar as well sometimes, yep. and in fact, way back in 2009. In my previous brand, so I'm going to talk about me for a minute, but um, yeah. but just a similar kind of point, just to emphasize that point. Google had, rigid, had released, I think it was 2009. They released uh, Google Suggest, which is you know just suggested search bar, and yeah. um, there were all these keywords coming down. And I was selling uh, a, a product that was a sleep mask that had um, earmuffs, kind of for sleeping. They're actually ear pads, and um, but one of the search terms that came back to me was um, earmuffs for sleeping which is what my product was effectively. So I started yeah. running Google ads on that on that keyword to find out how many people were typing it in because obviously you don't get the you know the actual volume data you just sort of get the suggested search terms. Uh, turned out there was a lot and um, so that was that then led me to um, <laughs> I sent a brief over to a, a product design company here in Melbourne called Cobalt Niche and just said to them here's here's your brief I want you to make me earmuffs for sleeping like real ones. <laughs> and that was it. There was a one page, one, one page, one line and they did. And so then I went on to kickstart that product and, um, and then from there, uh, you know, raised 110,000 bucks and then jumped on Amazon and yeah, they sold like crazy for quite a few yeah. years. So yeah. I think some of the best products are in plain sight, right? Um, and they're, and they're not sexy. No, they're definitely not sexy. The one that I'm working on at the moment is the same approach that you took, which is using the search bar, and then also using brand analytics and then seeing a keyword there and just going, there's four products. Yeah. <laughs> no, in fact, there's yeah. three. There's three products at the moment. So I don't have to launch. Um, these products are selling from anywhere from 249 US to 387 US. So they're quite big. Yep. Mm. But I, I've sourced them out of China for $24.30. So even with the FBA fees at about 50 bucks, you know, this is just going to be an absolute put your glasses down. Yeah. Don't have to worry yeah, about launching. Yeah. Don't have to worry about PPC. Yeah, you know, those products exist on Amazon all over the place. Yeah, um, they do. Yeah, tricky to find sometimes, but when you do, it's well worth the wait because then you just go right. I'm all all the chips are on. Um, yeah. All right. So you differentiated then clearly. Yeah, in design, in design differentiation, 
was it was the mind yeah. was the mind thing. Um, but that but that's yeah, that was a starting point. Mm. But I but I know that you know over time and in hindsight, services made a big difference as well um, that we provide to to customers. How have you? Know, you? I'm not, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm not I'm not necessarily passionate about this product, mm-hmm. um, but I'm passionate about the the people who buy it. Yes, um, and I think most often you know sellers forget the the service aspect of their brand because um, so much focus is on the product. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can really nail that service aspect, um, you know you're ahead of the game. So how do you do that? Like, how does that manifest itself in in the Amazon context? Yeah, so well in the Amazon context it's, it's just responding to you know customers so that's pretty pretty simple. Mm. But um, you know through inserts and packaging um, engaging them in the conversation through you know messenger chats, mm-hmm. um, email flows that we use as well. Um, but we also run a lot of off Amazon traffic as well. Right. Um, to our websites um, and our social pages so we're building you know, quite a large community. Uh, we engage with them off Amazon Got as it. well. So, I mean, that, and that's that's where the real conversations happen because you're restricted so much on Amazon. Yeah, um, controlling that and owning that conversation with your customer off Amazon is is critical. Sure is. So tell me, let's talk about that in a little bit more detail because it's something that a lot of Amazon sellers don't do. They just sort of stick on Amazon, and that's about it. And really, the most yeah. successful sellers that I'm know uh, tend to have those off Amazon audiences. So they're building out Instagram, you know, accounts and and you know, profiles as well as Facebook. Um, and I guess now the, the hot one on the block is TikTok and all that crap. But um, I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good. But um, what? I don't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you know, the, the Americans are hot on TikTok right now. So Jason yeah, Lee and, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, who else is? Oh, Anthony Lee, I should say, and uh, and Howard Ty really pushing it hard with Signalytics and whatever. But um, yeah. Uh, but uh, what was I going to ask? Yeah. So the. The question that I had was just around how how many folks do you actually have in your audience, and how important do you think that they've been that community that you built um, to your Amazon business? Oh, good question. Yeah, so across across all channels, there's probably oh, about twenty thousand um, customers in that in those groups. That's impressive. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, the conversations that you have with those customers off Amazon are obviously important, but they also give you insight into future product development as well. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's quite often we'll have customers say, hey, have you thought about selling this? Or look, we've got problems with this product, you know, that, that's with another brand. Mm-hmm. You know, can you do better? Um, All right. Yeah, so that's that's always an interesting conversation to have, you know, outside of the, you know, the the niceties of them, you know, sending you a photo of the, them using your product and making you know, great comments about it, which is awesome. But mm-hmm. I think the real conversations around, you know, brand development, product development are with your customers. They're not necessarily with um, anyone else, to be honest. No, that's um, right. Yeah, I mean, you can do that to some extent with your manufacturer, but your customers are really, the, you know, the end point here and meeting their needs is the most important thing. And, um, yeah, it's a super important point to make, isn't it? But that then leads me to my next question. You've got 20,000 people um, in your communities and then you've got an Amazon business and you're stocking out and trying to keep that running. Who's running all this? Do you have a team that help you with your business or? Uh, so up until three months ago, it was just me. Wow. Um, so my daughter's involved in the business now as well. So, um, but she's full-time university mm-hmm. um, as well. So she's part-time in the business. So at the moment, she's learned the customer service ropes, um, which is where it all yeah. begins and ends. 
and then um, we'll slowly introduce her into um, other aspects of the business around marketing, particularly off Amazon marketing and working with agencies to build the brand and mm-hmm. you know run Facebook and Insta ads and everything else that needs to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just the two of us at this stage. Wow, that's remarkable. You must be working very, very hard. Tell me, I mean, in terms of the off Amazon marketing stuff, are you running Facebook ads or Insta ads or anything like that or? Yeah, well, not not at the moment. We're not because you know, we've got some logistics issues. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, yeah. So, so typically, yeah, Facebook, uh, Insta, Google Shopping, Google Search, uh, Pinterest, and Reddit, all at different stages of the funnel. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. But I've, I've recently changed that up a little bit because in the past I've been running those ads directly to the store, but I've I've put a lander in place now that sits between the traffic and the store. And on that lander, we give the customer the option to either buy on Amazon or buy on the store. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they choose to buy on Amazon, that really helps with our organic rank. Sure does. If they buy, on, if they buy on the store, great. Um, ironically, our margins are much better on the store than they are on on Amazon. I don't think there's any irony there, mate, um, Jason. I think there's <laughs> that's pretty common. Uh, yeah, we're given Amazon's fees. You know, you've got the referral fees together with FBA fees and shipping out to a customer and whatnot. Yeah, there's um, that all yeah, it definitely yeah. adds up. It's definitely a lot cheaper to, yeah, to drive right. sales into your own store, as I remember. Uh, yeah, well, as long as you can get a handle on the on the the Facebook and Instagram costs, you know, and and really dial in the audiences because it can really start out to be quite expensive compared to running Amazon PPC. Mm. Um, until your ads are dialed in, where you've got that that real um, combination of you know design, copy, and placement, yeah, um, that can drive your ad costs down. Tell me how you're working out your attribution there, because yeah, you, you mentioned trying to figure out the return on investment on your spend, let's say on Instagram. Are you running ads into your store so that you can, or ad traffic into the store so that you can actually differentiate between um, the various advertising platforms? Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll use uh, analytics, Google Analytics, okay, for the most part oh, on um, that landing page. I'm assuming that, yeah, that that's intermediate right. page. Yeah. yeah, okay. And then yeah, from- on both, actually, we're on both. Um, so on the store and on the landing page. Oh, this um, is yeah. This is obviously the your web store, not Amazon store. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you can also pull some pretty good metrics out of directly out of the Shopify store as well. Yeah. You know, so as you can oh, yeah. measure true ROAS and those sorts of things. Exactly. So do you use your audience then to launch your new products when, you know, how, what's your launch strategy these days? Yeah. So launch directly into existing customer base mm-hmm. um, is, is the first place we start. Yep. Um, and we'll be, we'll be testing uh, because we're launching um, the product in a different color in the next sort of couple of months. Um, so we're going to test the whole pre-order um, strategy right? Uh, so that um, we'll see how that goes. But if, if it's just on Amazon, it's just PPC. That That's all I focus on now. Wow. Um, There's no rebates. Everything, no... everything, everything else, yeah. Yeah, look, everything else is just a um, – it's a distraction in my opinion. Um, if, you can, if you can work out the PPC piece, yep. um, that, that's, that's where it's at. Do you know the other day, actually a couple, about five weeks ago, one of my clients, we, they have an audience in the US and um, <laughs> they didn't want to do any rebates. They didn't want to do any of that rubbish. So then I said, well, look, if you've got an audience here, you've got an email list, um, you know, maybe what we do is we just go back to basics like we used to do, which is to run coupons. And we'll get them to take a coupon. So we created a, yeah. I think it was a twenty percent off coupon. So not a huge amount. Um, so this email went out to fifteen hundred people, and only four people actually took advantage of the twenty percent off coupon offer 
on Amazon and they got four sales and we're running that through a search find buy as well and they ranked on a 60,000 keyword volume keyword in five days just with four sales on a search find buy with a 20% off discount. Yeah, that that's that's crazy, is it? Yeah. I've actually heard. Uh, I think it's Casey. Is it Casey Gorse, the yeah. ex guy from Warrelaws, who's now with Thrasio? Yeah, um, doing similar things just by running uh, Google search ads. Yeah, yeah, you mm. can absolutely. There's yeah. the outside signals are really seem to make a big difference. I was listening to. Uh, Bradley Sutton's podcast interview. Uh, well, he, he was over in the Maldives again, talking about the Maldives um, launching yeah. projects that he's been working on. Some of the results he's been getting there, and um, yeah, he's finding a lot of this outside in social signals are really important. All that outside in traffic, so it's going to be a really big part of it. And um, yeah, he's done done very well with that. Well, I think it's even more important now, right? I think it's even more important now because the PPC costs are what well, my PPC costs have almost doubled in twelve months on Amazon. Yeah, it's just a lot more competition. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's an auction. So you've got, you've, got to, you've got to find those other sources of external traffic that you can where you can drive your your average you know CPC down across your brand. Mm. Um, it's not just about Amazon anymore. Uh, definitely not. And yeah, as more competitors come in and they're they're all kind of trying to get it market share. Yeah, yeah, it's an auction. So you're trying to bid and be at the top or at least get visible on page one or whatever. And that suggested bids now that Amazon is you know suggesting um, they're all creeping up for sure. So yeah, it's getting yeah, it's getting harder. Right. So anything you can do, <laughs> anything you can do to get some traffic on your listing and hopefully um, have a high converting listing as well. Um, yeah, logistics. You know, you've stocked out three times, twice. Sorry, this year. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, what's what's a go with China at the moment? What, what's happening with container pricing? Because I know that you ship containers in because your products are just a little on the medium to large size. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Look, I was I was meant to have uh, two two containers leave China at the end of April. Um, the ship's still anchored off Shenzhen. Um, oh my it hasn't god! Hasn't been to port yet to pick up. Um, so yeah, there was a there was the. Suez Canal thing. Then there was the container shortage as a result of that. Mm. Then there was, you know, no shipping space. So you know, it's just a perfect storm of logistic show, really. Yep. And uh, so you know, you just got to roll with it. Yeah. You know, which has meant now that I've had to turn off all advertising so that I don't run out again. Mm. Um, and up until sort of three weeks ago, I was actually thinking, okay, do I park this brand until you know the logistics stuff sorts itself out i sort of worked out that it's probably going to be more costly to the brand if i do that versus shipping stuff in and breaking even and still serving customers yeah. you know, over a longer period of time rather than running out of stock and maybe damaging the brand that way um, yeah I don't have an answer for that no it's, it's crazy right yeah yeah so anyway i made the call i said okay well, let, let's book it you know eight months ago i'll be paying three grand for a 40 foot high cube mm-hmm. container um, now it's around ten. Yep. Um, so I'm seeing and hearing of other prices up around the twelve and a half, fifteen. I've heard as high as seventeen. So oh, yeah, it just depends yeah. on how urgent you are in terms of you know, just how desperate you are to get inventory in. Um, and I've heard at the moment probably about as low as nine. So wow, but that's not an yeah. eight, that's not a high cube. That's only forty four standard. Forty, yeah. So yeah, the yeah. high cube would be a bit more, I suspect. So that's probably sounds like a pretty good price you got going in there. Yeah, well, yeah, I think we've got a good relationship with the freight forwarder as well. So there's um, that that's definitely helped us. But you know, on the on the flip side of that, now looking at you know other countries to to source these products, uh, trying to find a manufacturer in the US is 
is bloody tough. You know, they just they just don't return calls or emails. Right. Um, I've been tipped into another country in um, uh, Korea that okay. might be able to make them. So we're just looking at other options outside of outside of China at the moment. Makes sense though, doesn't it? I mean, if we've still got the tariffs pretty much, well, they're all still there. So, you know, if mm. we've got tariff issues and we've got supply issues out of China, then if we can sort those issues out with a little bit of pain in the short term to get a, another line of manufacturing happening with the same quality or hopefully even better, have another country, yeah. it's probably well worth it. You know, I'd, yeah, kind yeah, I hope so. Yeah, well, that, that's right. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see how this sort of plays out. You know, if we have a conversation in 12 months' time, I hope it's about a different topic and not about, you know, <laughs> logistics issues. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. So I was going to ask some of the other challenges that you've faced though in your business over the last couple of years. What are the sort of main kind of things that have popped up that have really sort of thrown thrown you for six? Is there anything else apart from logistics or whatever? Oh, apart from logistics. Any suspensions or anything uh, like that? No, no. Look, touch wood. I've been I've been very fortunate or lucky not to have any of those sorts of issues. But I'm someone who's very detailed as well. So that when setting up the account. You know, I followed everything to the letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I monitor the account every second day in terms of performance, just making sure that everything's, you know, all the metrics are doing exactly what they should be doing yep. according to Amazon. Um, so, no, look, I haven't. I mean, the, all the usual copycat stuff, you know, my supplier gets weekly um, emails from potential sellers with photos of my products wanting to make them. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know, they've got a relationship with that supplier now that they pick up the phone and call me and say, hey, look, this is what's going on. So they're alerting me to it before it becomes a problem. That's fantastic. That's a great supplier relationship. Yeah. Yeah, they are exceptional. Yeah. Exceptional. Did you ever go to China? You know, it's, it's, it's taken two years to do that. But yeah. Have you ever been to China though and, you know, met with them? Or I a, have. Yeah, good on you because I think that's such an important yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not necessarily to meet this supplier. Mm. I've been over for Canton Fair and I was due to go in April 2019 <laughs> to, to uh, April 2020, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, 2019 you would have been fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, April 2020. Yeah. I, I, was, I was about to book the flights but this, again, the same supplier said, oh, look, we've got, you know, an issue with the virus here at the moment, maybe just hold off and mm. – yeah, the rest is history. It sure so is. I haven't sure been to meet them yet. Yeah. No, look at well, hopefully maybe later this year or early next year. I think you need Sinovac yeah. to get able to get into China at the moment without quarantining. I'm not sure. I can't. I'm not going to even comment on that. Yeah, next year. Next year. How have you managed your cash flow? Well, that's been tough. Mm. Yeah, because my first order, I, I went, you know, naively ordered a 44 container straight out of the gate for my first product, and and. Uh, I hadn't really analysed the impact that a fast-selling product would have on cash flow. Um, but, no. but, I, but, I, but I worked it out pretty quick. <laughs> I was going to say, you're in finance. you used to be in finance. What are you talking about? But, uh... But, uh, so what, what, what I basically did is I, you know, I just went to, the, went to the, the bank that we had an existing relationship with and uh, – mm. And uh, they're able to help out. Take but, out the uh, old second mortgage and max out your credit card. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll trade finance. No, I went to yeah. a trade finance um, product with um, with the bank and, you know, they were, they were great about it. That's awesome. You could see that it was obviously selling um, and still still have that product to this day. So mm. um, so that, that really helped out. And the MDG grant as well, the export grant helps a lot. Okay. We should, yeah. Look, I think we, what we might do is get you back on for another show down the track and talk a bit, a little bit more about how you've handled that cash flow issue because that's actually a really interesting way of using trade finance and having that relationship with your bank as a business. Clearly, um, yeah. 
there are plenty of options. You just got to sometimes just ask the bank, you know, because they've obviously done it before. And because mm. um, I wasn't aware of this particular type of product for this type of business in the past, because I was always dealt in, you know, mortgages and yeah. those sorts of things in my, in my past. And, yeah, it's it's got a lot of flexibility in it, um, but yeah, it's so you've got a, a good product. you've got an Australian business. Are you using any kind of you know like a Pioneer or an OFX and you know, that sort of stuff to you know those intermediaries? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. So um, well, up until recently with um, with Amazon's payment program, I was using uh, TransferWise, but yeah. an OFX account as well. Yeah, um, but I also have a US dollar bank account attached to the to the to an Aussie bank. Right. Yeah. I don't like the idea of money sitting in these virtual accounts. Um, so mm-hmm. as soon as you know there's money sitting in those accounts, I just transfer them into the US dollar bank account, um, Aussie bank account here in Australia. Yeah. And then what about paying yeah. supplies? You pay from that account, or do you put it back into Pioneer? Or I don't even know if you can do that. I don't think you can pay it from that account. Yeah, righto. So you just got to deal with a few bank fees on the way out. Yeah, which, that's right. Yeah, which is yeah, no big deal. You know, that's just the cost of doing business. Yeah, so. fair enough. In terms of new product ideas, you mentioned that you're going to be doing a different color. What other sort of Direct, where do you see the brand being in the next 12 months in terms of your business and where it's sort of sitting at that point? Yeah, so tw- 20 SKUs is, is the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and new product development are really congruent products that have a consumable um, aspect to them. Right. Because um, I really want to get involved in that subscribe and save program, um, mm-hmm. program, which I think can add a lot of value to your brand on exit as well. Massively. Um, so let's talk about that yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the products is actually a, a consumable product to the main product already, mm. and it is it is um, across the years probably our most profitable product because I don't advertise it. Um, it's like a frequently bought together yeah item. Um, so the third product we're bringing into the mix is will eventually become um, one of the three most frequently bought uh, products for the brand. Perfect. Um, so we won't be advertising that um, per se directly, but we'll be advertising on our, on our own branded products. I'll, um, last uh, episode, I spoke with uh, Liz Cassidy and we spoke at length about uh, Amazon virtual bundling. Mm. Strongly recommend that you do that yeah. for your products. Yeah, Seriously, it has just been an absolute put your glasses down for one of my other clients. Um, right. And they about... 30% of their sales are coming through um, their bundling, the Amazon That's bundles. Crazy. It's crazy, mate. It's honestly the – no one really seems to be doing it um, particularly well. And when you really understand – in fact, off air, I'm going to show you um, sort of how, how that's done and why it's yeah, been so right. successful. Um, you're running coupons on those as well or is it just the bundle? I don't think you're allowed to run a coupon on a, on a, uh, on a virtual bundle. You certainly can't advertise right. them either. But here's the thing, mate, is that when you – on the actual individual products that make up the bundle, um, yeah. the bundle is advertised on those products. So customers can see that, oh, if I add this you know, product B, then I can buy it as a bundle and save 10% or something. Right. So, yeah, they're just, they're just so powerful. It's honestly just, yeah, if you've got brand registry and you've got access to virtual bundling, definitely look into it. Shiny object, I know, but have a look. It's well worth it. Yeah, I'll take big, it. Yeah, big, I'll fan, it big fan, big yeah, fan. Okay. Um, I wouldn't have been a big fan unless I'd seen it with my own eyes, and I have. I'm mean, totally convinced. Right, I'll check it out. So you talked about plans to exit. Are we looking to exit at the end of next year? Uh, three years. So um, this time. This time next year. Uh, no, oh. in three years' time. Oh, three years' time from now. 
Yeah, so I, I always had a plan of four to five years yep. because I needed to hit a certain, you know, number mm-hmm. uh, before you know an exit was was um, worthwhile. Right. So yeah, at this stage, yeah, I mean, I'm a year ahead of target. Um, so it'll be three years. That is from, from now. Seriously exciting. What do your margins look like? Can I ask? You don't have to answer that question, by the way. Yeah, no, gross margins. Well, they vary from product to product, but on average, forty three percent gross margin. That is crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. So. I work on a seven, seven to eight times multiple yeah. of cogs. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's really smart. But it didn't start out that way though. I mean, it started out at four times, I think. Okay. But as, as the volumes, you know, as we started ordering more and more volume, yep. you know, obviously yep. the prices come down. And- so basically what you're saying there is that if you if you can get it into an Amazon warehouse for 10 bucks, you'll when you started, you were selling for about 40. But yep. today you're getting them in for 10 and you're selling for about 70 or 80 bucks. Well, the other, yeah, the other way. So, what do you mean? so the product, the product will cost me four bucks to make, mm-hmm. uh, four or five bucks to make, and I'll sell it for thirty-five to forty. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Any other tips or tricks or anything that you could share with our listeners who are either starting out or advanced or you know getting cracking or? Yeah, I think I think if you're just starting out. Um, you know, don't do what I do and get distracted with every shiny object. Just find that product that has all the financial metrics behind it to support it, yep. and and just launch it. If you're you know along the way and you've got some sales uh, and you understand the Amazon business as much as you can, um, start to look at off Amazon because I think really that's where the value is in a brand on exit mm. is uh, you know having you know obviously having those Amazon sales to support it, but um, you know, having a business that's built off Amazon as well is is where it's at. Couldn't agree more. You've got a yeah. lot of eggs sitting in a very, very dangerously <laughs> dangerous basket cool. with Amazon. If anything, <laughs> yeah, you want to be you know, very large commercial risk. Having everything extremely everything. large, and I commend yeah. you for creating your own website, driving traffic to your own website, working on your SEO. And um, you know, having that that sort of fallback, it's not as, probably as, ever going to be as good as Amazon, but it certainly keeps your cash flow ticking over while you can sort out your issues with Amazon. If anything kind of hits the fan exactly. over there, that's really exactly. good. Um, hey, mate, I want to thank you as well for being such a prolific contributor to the Australian Seller Facebook group as well. So you're often in there helping new sellers and existing sellers, and even me with the occasional question that I might have. So I'm grateful for your no support in our community and. Um, yeah, I'm grateful for your time as well for joining me today, being so busy, you and your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no problems at all, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Absolute joy. Um, let's chat soon and thanks again for coming on the show. Let's get you back. Good on you. See you, mate. All links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.